0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Hello, fellow factoid freaks and flapdoodle fans. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 232. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your a uh, platoon of pleasant people pleased to present plenty of pleasurable podcasting.
2: <laughs> I'm Colin.
1: I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. We are coming to you from, well, me and Dana are coming <laughs> to you from the very glamorous business center calling room at the aria hotel in las vegas Ooh.
3: Yeah, we haven't recorded a podcast in the same room in a really long time in, in years. years
1: all it
4: took was bts to- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: the, the power of bts yeah. and as as committed as we are to bts we're also equally committed to a good job rain and this is why mm-hmm. i brought my computer and our our mic and setting this up at the business center that of course nobody's at right We're here in Las Vegas. What are you doing? Yeah, we're like above the casino floor (laughs) in a tiny business suite. So the only reason why Dana's here is we thought she was going to be home. She was going to fly out yesterday, but her flight got canceled. And so now we're here. We also got to see BTS for the second time. (laughs) Anyways. The universe provided. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment. Pop quiz. Hot shot. So... I didn't bring, bring a Trivial Pursuit card, so I looked one up on Google. <laughs> no, good. Um, and so I got a picture of a card here. Colin, once you were in Seattle and you re- we recorded a podcast episode and you were good enough to bring your buzzer. <laughs> I took inspiration from that and I did not bring my buzzer, but <laughs> <laughs> I recorded the sound of the buzzer onto ah, my phone. Yes. Dana, you can use my dog buzzer recording oh, from my phone. Thank you. And so here we go. Let's try this. Let's answer some questions. <laughs> First question Blue Edge for Geography. What country is home to Heineken beer? <laughs> Oh, of course, Colin. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the Netherlands. It is the Netherlands. <laughs> All right, second question. How many seconds usually elapsed before the tape self-destructed on Mission Impossible?
4: <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah.
1: What's everybody's guess? Oh, geez. 10. Five. Five. Six. Five or six. It is five seconds. Five seconds. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five seconds. Nice. I don't know if they do that in the movies. They don't have the tapes in the movies anymore, right? Anymore. Only mm-hmm. on the show.
4: Maybe in the first one. It's been so long since I saw yes. the first one.
1: How many are there now?
2: The tapes, none. They all self-destructed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, isn't so
4: seven about to, or isn't seven the next one due to come out?
3: Seriously, I we we're into the
4: teens by now, but
1: no. <gasps> okay, so they're at <laughs> six. Now, but seven and eight are scheduled to be re- <laughs> released in 2023
4: and 2024. Seven oh, and gosh.
1: eight. All right. Next question What date in 44 BC was Julius Caesar assassinated? <laughs> oh, I'm going to call on Dana because she, she used yeah. the, my buzzer the recording. App. Yes, the
3: app. Was it, oh God, I always forget if it's the 13th or the 17th? The 17th?
1: incorrect Chris. <laughs> I believe. It it,
2: well, 15th. I mean, is it generally considered to be the the fifteenth? Yeah, fifteenth, the middle yes. of the month. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah.
1: But the real ides is uh the new moon, right? All right. Next question: What heroic group did D'Artagnan lead? Ah. Colin,
4: the Three Musketeers. Yes, yeah.
1: Three Musketeers. Green wedge for signs of nature. What's the term for opposition to an electrical current in a conductor? Chris.
2: Resistance. Correct resistance. Mm.
1: Uh, last question, Orange Wedge. What's the main vegetable in Vichy soise?
2: Oh geez.
1: Uh Chris. Potato? Incorrect.
4: Okay. Ooh. That's I was I was gonna say potato.
2: You say potato. I say potato, potato. is
1: in it. Describe what vichyssoise is, or what you think it is.
2: Nobody said I would have to describe what vichyssoise. <laughs> <Okay. Vichysoise.
4: laughs> I didn't sign up for this. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I just thought it was a. I, I thought it was a primarily potato-based uh, soup.
1: It is leeks. Oh,
4: they're more leeks oh. than
2: potato in it. Okay, is that, maybe but, is potato that by is flavor or by vegetable volume? in this.
1: I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a tuber. All right. Thank you, Trivial Pursuit card that I found on the internet. Nice. Yeah. I was in a jam. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of episodes ago, I think in our Seeing Red episode, I, I talked about cherries. And something I omitted from that segment that I found was super interesting, that there is a not-so-glamorous job of cherry-blowing.
4: Of cherry- I'm sorry? Cherry blowing. Well, because I talked about cherries. Go on. All right. Um,
1: So first of all, when people are growing cherries, one of the most kind of precarious moments is when they're about to ripe and it rains. And that Mm. causes a huge problem for the cherry growers because the rain will kind of settle on the fruit, especially on the little divot, you know, with the stems come out. Mm. Cherries are super high in sugar content. Yeah. So they will... Split if there is extra moisture, or they will mm-hmm, rot mm-hmm.
0: with mm-hmm. extra
1: moisture. So, the cherry growers found a solution, and this is they hire cherry blowers. <laughs> and this has been in existence for decades now. They hire pilots to fly planes oh. above cherry farms, cherry orchards, will blow the water off the fruit. Uh, I think wow. I've
4: seen this on TV before
1: it's amazing. And it's like, and it's like, Oh, I was, I was, I was researching about like, how do you become a cherry blower? <laughs> Usually there are pilots, right? Pilots have different jobs. They, they do different gigs and you have to be on call. Mm-hmm. You have to be close to the cherry farm, but then what if, what if it doesn't rain and you're not guaranteed a, a, a paycheck then? <laughs> so what they do is cherry growers, they have like a retaining period. They're like, we need you to be available in the next three weeks and we're gonna pay you a per diem Okay. <laughs> so even if you're not necessarily working and or blowing cherries, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna compensate you just to be available. Hmm. If rain doesn't happen, at least they get paid for yeah. trying. Huh. And if rain does happen, um then they would come and blow all the cherry cherries
4: yeah (laughs) when Um, you when you you first said it i I was not picturing you know like a helicopter i was thinking you know like a guy with like a little straw or
2: something like yeah i was like like,
3: they do that by mouth yeah (laughs)
1: wow (laughs) Must take forever individual
2: cherry yeah yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) it's like a big boba straw
2: yeah right
1: well but like cherry growers throughout the ages have done everything to try to solve this problem shaking Mm. the tree Big fans, um, but it just had to be <laughs> that that balance of what's strong enough and what's not destructive,
2: right. Uh, right?
1: When we're dealing with wind, so yeah, cherry blowing's fascinating job. One of the topics that uh, Colin always wanted to do is around dirty jobs, about like yeah. unglamorous jobs. Yeah. But uh, that story and that topic kind of inspired me to just have an episode on things that are dirty. Could be dirty job. It Could be. <laughs> different takes on the word (laughs) so this week brush that dirt off your shoulder
4: so guys human existence is in many (laughs) ways
2: (laughs) yeah wow (laughs)
4: deep a never-ending struggle against dirt in America and uh, in the world, I guess, actually, we found a way to turn that struggle into consumer products, never ending supply of cleaning products, goods to clean everything from your house to your body uh, and everything in between. I have a grab bag quiz for you all here about cleaning products, famous ones. Uh, and we're going to, you know, maybe a little tricky here with some of these. Let's do this as a write-down quiz. Oh, I
1: got these. uh, I got these nice hotel pens. Wonderful,
4: wonderful! Oh, wow!
3: I'm using my BTS pen. (laughs) Excellent,
4: (laughs) excellent. Yeah, I don't want to privilege those of uh, those of us with buzzers. Oh, thank you. So, uh, get your writing implements ready. There's going to be a quiz uh, about uh, brands, logos, slogans, history, uh, you, you name it. A little bit of everything here. Uh, the, the one common uniting theme is uh, cleaning products. Okay, mm. here we go. Okay. First one. According to its manufacturer, among the ingredients in this cleaning product is Liquid Tint Sky Blue, a trademarked dye. The name, of course, trademarked. All right. When you're ready, answer's up. Okay. Uh, I believe everyone has written the correct answer here. Windex. Yeah! That's right. Yeah. Nice. Really just iconic color here. Uh, they were the ones, I learned, that that really pioneered blue equals glass cleaner. It was just, And yeah. everybody
1: else on the market just kind of followed suit. Mm. Did I ever mention on the show, so I went to Iceland, I ate the fermented shark. Oh, right, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, the okay. hot mm-hmm. Well, to me, it tastes like Eating a cube of concentrated Windex.
4: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, famously, if you're not familiar with Windex, you're right. I mean, it, you know, it goes back to the 1930s, um, and yeah, famously, a high ammonia percentage in the product oh. that was really kind of its active ingredient was, uh, yeah, I mean, as much as five percent ammonia at times. Um, so yeah, totally, totally understand why the fermented shark, uh, which is high in ammonia, also uh, gives you it's that. High in,
1: it's high in. P acid.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. whiff of whiff of Windex. Okay, uh, let's talk about Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean, the well-known, hard-working, <gasps> bald-headed mascot introduced by Procter and Gamble in 1958 for uh, what has become a true family of cleaning products. But we'll stick with color here. What color are Mr. Clean's eyebrows? Huh. What color? are Mr. Clean's oh. eyebrows. Doesn't have any hair on top of his head, but he's got oh, got two, two good, good eyebrows there. Huh.
3: Okay.
4: Mr. Clean. Uh, in Spain, known as Don Limpio. What
0: does that mean?
4: In France, <laughs> he is Monsieur Prop. <laughs> Answers up when you're ready. you are all trying to just imagine him here. All right. Karen and Dana have said white. Chris has said blonde. Uh, Chris, I'm sorry. The correct answer is white. Mr. Yes. Really? Clean's eyes. Okay. Uh, his eyes, his eyebrows are white.
1: <laughs> white. He he looks like a like an adult, like a grown-up Oompa Loompa.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know ne- I never really he thought about it that way. Hair. Right, right. Yeah. Right. In nineteen seventy-eight, Bristol Myers introduced Body on Tap shampoo. Which was one-third what? (laughs) Body on Tap Shampoo. And I I have a a fun commercial I will play for you here in a moment. (laughs) Oh, thank you. All right. Right. One-third.
1: It's got to be this.
4: You have all thankfully put the right answer. It is indeed beer, body wow. on tap shampoo, one third beer. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it, it's, it just it, it sounds so ridiculous, but apparently is quite popular. They even uh, reintroduced this a few years ago. Uh, there was a commercial for body on tap shampoo I found with a young Kim Basinger, which uh, we can play here. Just one second uh apparently they used uh beer they got from budweiser uh corporation they would oh uh, it's a collab um, well it, y- yes and no i it sounds like uh the bud was they were happy to take bristol myers money but they did not want to be involved in any of the marketing <laughs> and they, they were uh, like no great, you can't great, yeah great. you can't say proudly featuring yeah and they had right. to you know denature the beer, so oh, it was no longer... I was no going longer... to ask if you needed an ID to get... Yeah, tested. no, in fact, wow. they, yeah, they, uh, well, here, let, let me let me share this ad with you guys here. They have some uh, helpful advice uh, for you as a consumer.
0: Mmm, clean. I mean, really clean. And it holds any set I want. New beer-enriched shampoo, body on tap, gives your hair super body, super hold. Brewed with one-third real beer. Wow. But don't drink it. Just shampoo. Whether I roll it, Pin it, curl it, or blow it dry. It gives my hair super body, super hold.
2: And the shine of your life. It's the beer shampoo that does it in three bodybuilding formulas.
0: That's body.
2: On tap. I, just, I don't get it.
0: <laughs> I'm,
2: ad, I'm just like you're not even making the case for why the beer. Yeah, why? Be in there. What is it? Like, do it's shampoo and it has beer in it. Wow, amazing! <laughs> yes,
4: and she's all like, right. "Don't drink it." <laughs> Which I'm sure I'm sure the lawyers were like, "Now, all right, you got to make sure that she says do 'Don't drink it' in there." Yeah,
3: she's like see it works you can still blow dry your hair <laughs> yeah it, yeah. Works. Yeah. <laughs> like, it oh, didn't
4: okay. fall out and i smell like a brewery it's oh well <laughs> I I
1: love smelling like yeast yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> it sold for a number of years and then i as i say i read a few years ago they brought it back there was enough of a fan base or nostalgia i guess or maybe just curiosity <laughs> okay question four question four From 1970 to 1990, actor Nancy Walker portrayed Rosie, a no-nonsense New Jersey diner waitress, pitching a product with a very famous catchphrase, one of the best known in American consumer history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For one point each, two two, two points here, I want you to tell me, what is the product and what is the catchphrase slash slogan? Once again... Nancy Walker, in her uh, famous portrayal on TV, anyway, of Rosie, a diner waitress. Numerous commercials over 20 years. Household name product. What is the product? What is the catchphrase? Chris, nodding serenely. I
2: mean, I have an answer that I think is really great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of just
1: guessing what would a diner waitress do? It must be yeah. like yeah.
4: What kind of scenarios would a, d- a diner waitress spill? Like
1: laundry related, cleaning the counter. I
4: it's mean, clean, Karen, you just gotta trust your instincts. Product, so yeah, yeah, I think trust your instincts here, Karen. Yeah. But like
1: I have to think of, now. I have to think of a tagline. So it has to be a product that has a tagline. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Oh my gosh. Oh. See, this is what like a little <laughs> bit of time gives you. Yeah. Um, um, uh,
4: All right. Okay, Karen and chris have written bounty uh bounty paper towels the quicker picker upper dana has written Palmolive and
3: like tough on grease oh, oh tough no. on grease easy oh. on hands
4: or something that's a good one that's a good one uh chris and karen have it correct it is bounty ah. bounty paper towels wow yes. karen Reaching deep for that last
2: minute. Yeah, that's right. Uh,
4: And you know, uh, Nancy Walker, a a long career on TV. She was on many, many TV shows. She was on Mary Tyler Moore show. One of her last roles was on golden girls toward the end of her life. So she was, she was the best thing in in Hollywood. You're a working actor and you have like a long running commercial gig on the side. It's, Mm. it's really pretty good. All right, moving right along. Question five. In addition to numerous artworks featuring Campbell's soup cans, Andy Warhol famously produced a series of works featuring what household cleaning product? Oh. There are many of these. He made quite a number of these. If you happen to have one, it is a very valuable thing. Mm. Well, sure. It's
2: not a banana. Let me me, me just check. Do I have
4: one? Yeah. It's Uh, worth looking. No, I don't think I do. It's not a banana. Not
1: Marilyn Monroe.
4: Not Marilyn Monroe. This is a kitchen usually cleaning item huh all right okay. all you're right. going to need answers up here just take your best guess here yeah. All right. I don't know. Okay. Chris has written comet. Dana's written uh, Clorox bleach. Karen's written sponge. Mm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was looking for Brillo. Brillo. Oh, but, oh come on. But yeah. That's what I
2: meant. Uh, you needed
4: to. I needed the brand name. That is the whole point oh. of, of the art. Oh. And the, is the they are. Yeah. So he won it, You know, very famously, their reproduction like Brillo crate boxes, and he would. Sure. All no. Right.
1: No partial point. I was.
4: I, I'm sorry, I cannot give you a pressure wow, point right there. Yeah, a Brillo pad is not different. a sponge. A Brillo pad is it's like the the you know, it's like steel wool it's basically that, with, it, with soap in there. Yeah. Top
1: part of a sponge.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you guys rise to the challenge here. I didn't I didn't promise you easy ones, but uh here we go. Question six, question six. Introduced in eighteen ninety one. This cleaning product is named not after its founder. But after the animals that transported it.
1: Oh, 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 we talked about this. Oh, no, wait.
4: We may have talked about this on the show before. Yeah. How well does that memory serve you? 1891. (laughs) Very, very popular product in America. Perhaps less so now than it used to be. Answers when you're ready. (laughs) Dana improvising.
3: (laughs) Oh, Oh, you guys.
4: Okay, now I, I, am I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be generous here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a, a chance to clarify. I, I am, I am looking for the name of this product named after the animals that transported it. Oh, Chris, okay. Chris and Karen have written borax, which is the, the generic uh, good being sold. But what is the name? What is the brand name? I should say. Borax, of course, not named after animals. This was transported out of Death Valley, California. Had to get it all the way, all the way to the railroads. (laughs) Ah, Karen, Karen has written simply burrow, which Mm -hmm. is, which is you're getting on the right track. Chris has written 11 mule team. And Chris, I, I will give you 11 twentieths of a point because it is, is it? in fact, 20 mule 20 team mule is team. I, I don't know. I don't know how yeah. many mules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if that 11 twentieths of a point um, comes <laughs> into play here yeah. at the end. Yeah. It really did. It really did take a team of 20 mules to haul the uh, raw borax Francis Smith. The Borax King of California. Yeah,
2: yeah, where he had hauled it all the way out of Death Valley to get it into American homes so they could make slime. <laughs>
4: yeah. Question seven. The logo for this brand that sells a variety of cleaning products is a reference to the Roman god Vulcan. And now I'll give you a little bit of a hint here. Now, Vulcan, uh, you might, of course, be thinking Vulcan is the god of fire. Now, that's true. Yeah. Vulcan, also the god of fire, including metalworking, yeah, and blacksmithing, the yeah. forge. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, okay. got it.
3: I got this one,
2: yeah. I do not got this one. Let me see. You, uh, you, I can, I believe in you. Chris. I know, oh, I know. I mean, I, yeah, I know. Uh,
4: you have all written the correct answer arm mm. and hammer. That's right, yeah. arm and hammer, the, the baking soda, uh, empire. It was started by uh, Austin Church and John Dwight. They were brothers-in-law. And uh, after Austin Church uh, retired, they ca- they carried over the name from one of his son's businesses, which was Vulcan Spice Mills. And Vulcan Spice had the arm and the hammer. Uh, yeah, Vulcan oh. often shown with kind of the blacksmith oh. hammer. Yeah, so they incorporated it into their sort of, you know, taking over their, their father's business. And yeah.
3: I thought Army Hammer was part of the Armand Ham- Hammer family. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so you know,
4: there's a funny there's a funny story about that. So so Army Hammer is related to the very wealthy deceased uh, industrialist Armand Hammer. Armand Hammer owned many 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 businesses over the years, and a lot of people in fact assumed that he had a connection to the Armand Hammer Baking Soda Company. He did not, but he ended up buying the company because oh, he thought it was no. essentially, some, no. you know, kind of just tickled him on some level, but no, his, his name has, has uh, no connection to, to the baking soda okay. company. They didn't name yeah. it for
3: him. Yeah, it did not, but that's he right. did buy it because it's funny. Cause it's funny. really
4: just as kind of a rich guy goof. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We're getting toward the end of the quiz here. Getting a little tricky. If you believed the ads in the uh, 1970s ring around the collar was a, uh, Ever-present threat to exasperated housewives and laundry doers. What detergent? What detergent was behind the ring around the collar campaign? Ring around the collar. Yeah, that was such a
1: problem they really presented. Even
4: they really, yeah.
1: Even up to the 90s, I remember it's like, wow,
4: this
2: is yeah,
1: what a problem. It's like, is it? Yeah. (laughs) Can people just take showers more?
2: (laughs) I know I'm going back and forth, but I I feel like that's it. You have
4: all written down Tide. Unfortunately, it is not Tide. It is Whisk.
2: Oh, whisk yes, oh wow yes, yes, yeah yes,
4: whisk yes. is whisk. that even
2: around anymore
4: so you know it's funny whisk is not maybe it's not funny but no they are not around anymore <laughs> no. No. They, they were discontinued about <laughs> five or six years and, ago and
2: and now nobody cares about ring around the collar and now anymore.
4: nobody uh. cares about ring around the collar right they went away but you guys here uh, last question we had a chance to make up some points here this i think it's still everybody's game on the table including chris's 11 20th of a point mm. um Okay. Last question. So you, uh, we have now discussed Tide and Whisk. Uh, it is, of course, maybe not a coincidence that so many laundry detergents are single-syllable names. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I want you to write down as many <laughs> single-syllable name laundry detergents as you can, Ooh. and I will give you one point for each. All okay. right? Get ready. Go! Mm-hmm. I've tried to assemble... What I think is a fairly comprehensive list. Okay. We can go to the internet if needed to settle any disputes. This is
1: American, I
4: assume. Uh, yeah, American. But hey, you know what? If you, you know, well, maybe, maybe you can convince me. But yeah, we're, we're we're thinking American, English-speaking, perhaps at least one syllable. If you can think of a multiple word with one syllable, that'd be very impressive. Ah. All right. Mm-hmm. Time is time is up. I gotta call it. She have at least two. All right. Who wants to go first?
2: I'll go first. I'll go okay, first. Chris, okay, Chris. All right, right. right. All right. Tide. Yep. Whisk. Yep. <laughs> all. Yes. Gain. Yes. Mm, cheer. Yeah. And uh, Drift the baby shampoo. I will give ba- you draft. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. Drift the uh, not baby the, shampoo. Not baby yeah, shampoo. Yeah, the <laughs> detergent. The of products. That's right. The yeah. first synthetic detergent. I read. Uh, Drift. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Chris coming in with six there, Dana. Are you writing? I see pen on paper. I'm crossing it out because they're fake names.
3: So I had four. (laughs) I had four of Chris's, and I also had bounce.
4: Ooh, it is laundry product. Uh, yeah, but it's it's a it's a fabric softener. I I, I I'm not. Wait,
1: but that's what I'm sure I can give
4: you a bounce. I'm not sure I can give you a bounce. But, but you put uh, it in the washer. She's bad now. <laughs> Four for Dana.
3: <laughs> no, and then I also put bright. I made it up, but maybe it's something. Oh, oh yeah,
1: I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't
3: think these are right.
4: I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll give you a point uh, and then a, a bubble uh, just for the uh, spirit. Oh, okay. Better okay. have a,
1: a little like light reflection.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm, it does. Yeah, yeah okay. that's right. Little window, right. Karen. Um, what do you got?
1: Uh, tide whisk all gain. Um, I also put in clear, <laughs> clean,
4: mm-hmm. fresh. Mm-hmm. and bear okay just into the making uh, stuff up around here all right what well, ended up being very line. ended up being very close here uh by my tally by my tally we've got chris kohler with 10 points dana with one two three seven point bubble points karen with nine so chris coming in at the end being able to name those single syllables mm-hmm. Here's the list I was able to yeah, assemble yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of, of, of generally available or recently um, or until recently available in the English speaking world. Uh, we have all, we got biz, we got biz. bold, uh, bold, I guess, uh, primarily the UK, but you can get it here. We got cheer, we've oh, got drift, as Chris noted, we got fab, we got fab. gain, we've got uh, sun, we've got yeah. surf. Uh, another one that oh, is uh, UK based, okay. also available here. Tide, of course. Whisk, of course. Uh, rest in peace. And uh, Win, which is one of the oh, okay. uh, the newer ones on the market. I feel
2: I feel pretty good okay. about this. I feel pretty okay. good about, about the ones, ones that I didn't one? get. I, I basically haven't heard of. Oh, the there's a teddy one. bear one. Snuggle, or snuggle. Or snuggle. That's mm. two syllables.
4: All right, all right. Well, we went deep on cleaning. You guys uh, did pretty good. Pretty good. Keep it clean.
1: It's so Colin to, to give you 11. I like that joke. 20. Yeah.
2: No, it's a good like, joke. It's a good joke. He won't yeah.
1: give you partial points, but he'll give you when it's mathematically yeah. accurate. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Hi, my name's Avline. and did you know the pandas poop a hundred times a day? You're listening to Good Job Brain. Bye!
1: And we're back! This week we're talking about things that are dirty!
2: Alright, well, you're all listening to Good Job Brain, and that means that you want to know things. You have a curiosity about the, the world around you, or the universe possibly around you. And a lot of times, we always hear people say, oh, you know... I knew that because a good job brain and okay, well, here's, here's something. Here's a good job brain heads up for you all. You, you listened to good job brain and now you know this. Okay. So you, uh, now, you know, uh, aliens may crash land on earth in the year 2033.
3: Okay.
2: Now I'm not saying that they definitely will. I'm not, I'm not saying it's even likely, but it is possible. I'm just sharing this because I found this out. And now I have to live with the burden of this knowledge for the next decade plus, and I have to pass it on to all of you. Again, I became burdened with this, this heavy knowledge that aliens may crash land on Earth in the year 2033. Because of this show, I went to Google because I was like, oh, we're doing something on dirty, dirt, soil, what's the rarest most expensive dirt oh that you could oh. think of what's the most you know I'm thinking that like there'd be some soil somewhere that's so rich and yeah, so yeah, perfect yeah. that mm. people will pay a lot of money for it well all of the Google results for most expensive dirt that I that I saw initially were totally destroyed by people talking about the idea of Mars dirt dirt from mars Hmm. being potentially not only the most expensive dirt in the world but the most expensive thing in the world as far as the amount of money you would have to spend to get it that if we ever were to obtain a soil sample from mars it will it will be by far the most expensive dirt a handful of mars dirt it would cost nine billion (laughs) dollars
1: oh i see (laughs) <laughs> to be to able to just
2: right. just to procure right. it just to get it so yeah let's let's talk about Mars Mars dirt <laughs> um, the idea of getting dirt from Mars has been something that scientists have been very interested in for a long time We learned a lot about the moon when they went and got moon dirt and brought that back and so now we have, very sophisticated equipment. So even the the samples that they brought back because they went to the moon in the 60s, like we can now analyze that to a better degree than they could in the 60s and learn Mm. even more about um, the moon. Uh, And so now we we can learn a lot about Mars by getting a Mars sample as well. Like, was there ever life on Mars? You know, like uh, if so, how long ago was it? Was there ever water on Mars? If so, how long ago was it? Uh, Is there still water somewhere, potentially? Like, by analyzing the the soil sample, we could really answer a great deal of questions that we don't have the answer to right now. So basically, like, getting the Mars dirt isn't like, oh, we got some Mars dirt, let's put it in a museum and look at it. Like, it's a big deal in terms of knowledge. So everybody agrees, we want it. The problem is getting it. In 2012, we got, like, the next best thing to actually having Mars dirt, which is the the Curiosity rover. When that landed on Mars, that was outfitted with a variety of features that could, uh, like, it has a laser that it can use to, like, vaporize a sample of rock. And then pick it up, pull it inside itself, and then run remote scientific analysis on it, including, like, X-ray-like and, like, like spectral analysis. So The Curiosity remotely analyzed in 2012 the components of Mars soil. And so now you can actually buy, because they've made this, simulated Mars dirt, Uh which is the same, um, you know, grouping of minerals that they, that the Curiosity found. But that's not, that's very useful, but it's not the real thing, right? Right. So.
4: The Mar- Mars lawyers won't let you sell it as Mars dirt. You have to sell right. it as Mars-style dirt. Yeah.
2: Right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Dirt made famous by yeah. Mars. Yeah. It has
3: to be spelled with a Y instead of N. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> dirt.
2: A poor substitute. A poor substitute yeah, for yeah. the real thing. Here's the interesting thing. I didn't even know this. We are now two years into to a joint mission between NASA and the ESA, the European Space Agency, uh, to bring back... Uh, Mars soil. We have the Perseverance rover, right? That was launched in uh, on July 30th, 2020. Mm-hmm. It landed on Mars in February 21, successfully. And currently, in addition to all the other stuff that it's doing over there, um, it is collecting up samples and it's storing them. And it's collecting like you know, it's coring rock and collecting samples of that. It's it's collecting dirt samples. Yeah. Uh, it's collecting uh, like atmosphere, like. Um, it's called like witness samples, like what's what's in the atmosphere right now, oh, so It's yeah. just like grabbing some air so it can study the particles that are in there and it's storing them up and it's doing it. It's collecting samples in what scientists believe is a dried up lake bed mm. oh. where there used to be water. I mean, maybe like billions of years ago, but like the figure they figure that the, the dried up lake bed has like the highest potential of finding not only water or like, you know, some evidence of where water might be, but also evidence of life. Even if that life died out billions of years ago, the dried up lake bed might have the evidence. So there's actually going to be now three more missions over the next decade plus to get the samples back. I'm going to skip over a lot of details, um, but basically in 2028, by 2028, there will be multiple vehicles in or around mars ready for the essentially the return mission, the handoff Mm. so they're gonna there there's gonna be another rover that they're gonna send that's gonna go retrieve the samples off of perseverance because it's possible perseverance may have shut down by then Mm. another rover to go get the stuff as a backup perseverance if it's still working could deliver the samples by itself but the whole thing is here they're not taking any chances whatsoever um so then another vehicle that's going to get sent there with the fetch Rover is the MAV or Mars ascent vehicle, which is mm. going to be the vehicle that they're going to be able to remotely control to actually blast itself off and achieve orbit. Awesome. From oh, the surface back. of Mars.
0: Yeah. No,
2: Nope. Cause all it <laughs> can do, all this thing can do, it's going to be, it's going to be able fingers crossed. To, and also it can't just take off. It's going to, It's going to, like, bounce itself into the air first and then take off. Uh Make sure that it clears the ground before Uh the actual launch so that it doesn't, yeah. Because if this thing fizzles and falls over, like, that's it, you know? Right, Um, right. And so then it's going to get into orbit, and the Mars Ascent vehicle is now just going to be orbiting around Mars. And and then it's going to release the sample container into orbit. And oh. so now the samples are just gonna be floating around Mars, and they're gonna then they're gonna have up there the Earth return orbiter. Oh my god. Which there is, I saw, I mean, I just I saw this um computer simulation of what it's gonna be, and like the Earth return orbiter is kind of like orbiting Mars this way, and the sample is coming from the other yeah. side, and the Earth return orbiter just opens up a little hole, and the sample just goes <laughs> like just yeah. floats into the hole. And it's like Of course. Oh, sure. (laughs) Sure. It will. Yeah, But yeah, it's going to involve like these like three vehicles. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to eject the sample in space. It's the other one's going to pick it up. And then the earth return orbiter is going to, then it's going to blast itself a little bit to change its orbit, put itself into a path where it's going to kind of then be in an orbit. That's going to carry it back to earth. And then in, the year twenty thirty three. Once all this is done, it's going to crash land eighty miles south of Salt Lake City. Wow, in the Utah desert. Wow, and like that's the plan.
4: How? Like I'm picturing like a football size amount of like dirt. Like how much dirt is it bringing back? Like d-
2: it is bringing back maybe twenty little vials. Like if you imagine mm-hmm. just like of a vial. air and
1: dirt okay. and okay.
4: Yep. and it's
2: gonna wow. it, they're all gonna be miles? in a very a very like protective you know covering because they actually um. They don't want to have a parachute failure be the end of this whole thing. So it's going to be in a uh, container that can simply crash land.
3: Mm. Like it's going to
2: protect all the, imagine having to protect these tiny vials in something that's literally like a meteor falling (laughs) under. You know what I mean? It's like that
3: physics experiment with the egg.
2: Yep. Yep, but that so that's like a
3: that
4: 9 million
3: dollar
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The scale is so big. For for yeah. me it wasn't an egg. For for the one I did was a taco shell.
4: Oh. Oh, uh, wait. I did one with a light bulb. I did one with a light bulb. I, was, right. I had to see how far we could drop a light bulb. And it's yeah. like
2: they could they could try to do this faster, but they they're just giving wow. themselves as much they're just giving themselves a nice big padded window to make sure this is perfect. So this brings us back to the aliens crash landing on Earth because it's like we've done analysis of what's in there remotely on the on the curiosity rover but it's like might there be microscopic Aww. life forms in there like we don't know like we don't know it's it's very unlikely at this point yeah which means you know people are not like super concerned about this but like when this thing comes in, they are absolutely, they are treating it like a potential huge biohazard. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. makes sense. Until they can be sure that it's not. And in fact, even just to make sure that the outside of the containers, like the outside of the vials, don't bring anything from Mars. They want to make sure the insides yeah. are Mars and the outsides are not. They're super clean, right? <laughs> this is why, I mean, learning about this, it's like, oh, right. when they send When they send the Curiosity rover or whatever to Mars, it's like... You've heard of, like, clean rooms? It's, like, Mm -hmm. clean rooms within clean rooms because Mm -hmm. they are just literally just, like, cleaning this thing and cleaning it and cleaning it and cleaning it, making sure everything is totally spotless. Because if you take this thing and it's got all Earth bacteria all over Mm. it and you send it to Mars and the bacteria Mm. are on Mars. We're the alien. Well, now we're we're the... the Exactly. (laughs) Precisely. And then you come back and it's like, oh, there is life on Mars. It's like, no, there's not. We just sent it there. It's like there is now. So, yes, I'm exaggerating here the threat to uh, human existence. It's exceedingly unlikely that life is going to hitch a ride, but they, they have to be absolutely sure. Yeah. But, yeah, so if everything goes well, I mean, if all of these, if all of these things actually work and everything is fine we could have a handful of not even a handful like several vials of mars dirt uh for the low cost of, well you know <laughs> i'll say this oh, it's it's not it's this is not my observation i saw somebody make this observation in a youtube comment but it's like the dirt is zero dollars but the shipping and handling <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get so you we, so we yeah, exactly yeah. That's, that's that's always that's always that's huh? how they get you in 11 short years from now
3: All right, I have a quiz for you all. It's called Dirty Movies. And I want you to note that dirty is in quotes. You may be it in my voice. (laughs) Because all all the movie titles include the words dirty. don't freak out. Yeah, this is a family show. uh, So dirty is in quotes. And I'm going to give you the year, and I'm going to read you the IMDb plot synopsis. All right. And you buzz in and tell me the name of the dirty movie. Okay. Okay. All right, first movie. This is 1987. Spending the summer at at a Catskills resort with her family, Frances Baby (laughs) houseman falls in love with the camp's dance instructor, Johnny Castle. Johnny (laughs)
0: Castle.
3: (laughs) Uh, Everybody. Dirty 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 Dancing. dancing. Starring Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey.
4: Yeah, and hey, let's not downsell our man Jerry Orbach here either. Yes, yes. Come on. Yeah.
3: Next movie, nineteen seventy one. When a madman calling himself the Scorpio Killer menaces the city, tough as nails, San Francisco Police Inspector Harry Callahan is assigned to track down and ferret out the crazed psychopath. <laughs> I heard a horse first, Callahan.
4: Ah, uh, that is uh, Dirty Harry.
3: Dirty Harry, starring
4: Clint Eastwood.
3: Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's right. Twenty sixteen movie. Right before his wedding, an uptight guy is tricked into driving his grandfather, a lecherous former army lieutenant colonel, to Florida for spring break.
4: Oh, oh, Colin, is this a dirty grandpa? Is that dirty what? Dirty oh, grandpa! Yes. Oh, I didn't see this one. I didn't. This Zach, was Zach Efron. Zach Zac Efron, Efron. Right? Who's the okay. grandpa? Do you remember, Robert, it Robert De Niro. De Niro? It was is, it De Niro?
3: Bobby D. Okay, nineteen eighty-eight. Two con men try to settle their rivalry by betting on who can swindle a young American heiress out of $50,000 first. Karen.
1: Dirty, Rotten Scoundrels, uh, starring Michael Caine. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like Let's two-thirds
4: see. of every movie released in the 80s. Michael, Michael yeah.
3: Caine. Can you think of, do you know who the other person is? Steve Martin. This is a 1967 dirty movie. During World War II, a rebellious U.S. Army major is assigned a dozen convicted murderers to train and lead them into a mass assassination mission of German officers. Karen. The Dirty Dozen? Yes. Yeah! Yes. Do you know any other people in that? Nope. It's Lee Marvin
0: <laughs>
3: and Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. 2004. High school senior Katie moves to Havana in November 1958, when her dad gets a promotion at Ford. She meets a local waiter who introduces her to sensual Cuban music and dance. They enter a big dance contest for the prize when he gets fired. I heard a rooster, Chris.
2: Dirty Dancing Two, Havana Nights. Yo, uh,
4: darn it. Uh, okay. How do you know,
2: man? I'm I just. Well, I knew there was a Dirty Dancing Two, and then I, you said Cuba. I'm like, okay, I've heard this before. <laughs>
0: All right.
3: It is actually not called Dirty Dancing Two. Uh, uh,
0: oh.
1: <gasps> uh, Karen, is it Dirty Dancing Havana Nights? That's right. Dirty
2: oh, Dancing. No,
4: they want you to feel like you can watch them in either order you know um, yeah. yeah i mean
3: 58 it might be a prequel or, oh, or you right. know not really a prequel <laughs> but you know right. uh, yep. yeah yeah right. uh, do right. you know any of the people in this movie i oh. can't say that
1: i do but if Absolutely you say the not. name maybe i'll read
3: okay them. diego luna oh yes oh really yes it's mama yes. yeah mama and uh wow all right this is a 2002 movie irregular migrants okwe and siné work at a posh london hotel and live in constant fear of deportation one night okwe stumbles across evidence of a bizarre murder setting off a series of events that could lead to disaster or freedom starring two big
4: actors i'm just gonna make a guess Mm -hmm. dirty money
3: Oh, mm. no, that is a movie, but that's not this movie. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Chris. Dirty work.
3: No, that is also a movie, but, Ooh, not, this but not this one. <laughs> it's tricky. This is, one, this is the hardest one in this okay. quiz. Dirty pretty things with oh. Chiwetel, Ejiofor, uh, and Audrey Uh you know?
4: Yeah, I never saw that one. Definitely yeah. heard of it.
3: Okay, this is the last one. This is a dirty TV show. Okay, mm. 2018 TV series. Um, it's an anthology series in which each season is based on a true crime story featuring an epic tale of love gone wrong. Mm, Karen. Karen. Dirty Money. No.
1: What? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay, Karen. I have to press the play button. Yes. <laughs> Dirty John. Yes, Dirty John. Yeah. Oh.
3: It's starring Connie Britton and Christian Slater. Oh. I mean, there's a new one. There's one with Amanda Peake good job you guys that was, um, that was good most was good. Dirty movies
4: they had a remake of dirty rotten scoundrels didn't they yeah With, like Hathaway. they did like a, a gender mm-hmm. flip version right yeah, it yeah, was yeah, like yep. yeah
3: i wonder if they wanted more than fifty thousand dollars in the remake yeah.
0: <laughs> traffic jams tailgating pile-ups Ugh, the joys of driving how could it get worse the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive that's right the Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. So I
1: have our last segment, but this is not part of my segment. I just This is another jo- like weird, dirty job that I found. This is egg addling. Egg addling. Oh, Have you guys heard okay. about this before? You're just making these up. No, today. no, like, I I know. Like, it sounds like, like a cherry eggs. Egg shaking eggs.
4: It's where you stuff the eggs in your pants to keep them warm.
0: And <laughs> it's, it's just, you know the
1: over the eggs. You're yeah. uh not that far off. What an egg addler does is helps limit goose population. Huh. You know, when I say control the population, they're they're pretty much making sure that the egg doesn't hatch, or they don't want mm. the egg to hatch into more mm. wild geese. So definitely more humane than than just straight up killing geese. So egg adling, someone will come wade in the water, and they dip the eggs in oil. The oil will stop oxygen from passing through the oh. shell, so the egg will never being a chick. Being yeah, you know. being a gosling because there's never going to be oxygen in the beginning for it to happen. It just stops. it's not that it's too slippery for her to sit on it anymore. Oh yeah, no, oh, no, 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 no. No. Okay. she comedically flies <laughs> off the eggs. <edge>. <laughs> They just use corn oil, and they dip the the eggs in corn oil, and it'll stop it from. Uh, wow. You know, and they and they they
4: leave it in the nest, so the mama goose doesn't freak out. Like, where's my egg? Right? Yes, it's yes. wow. Or reject other eggs. It's probably not yeah. a clean job. Yeah.
1: No, definitely not. No. I mean, a lot of.
4: Poop. <laughs> Geese poop, poop so much.
1: Oh, yeah, they do.
4: Geese poop a
0: lot. A lot. Yeah, a and lot. And it can be
3: so aggressive, too. Yeah. Yeah. You can't make eye contact with them cuz they're <laughs> gonna either cuz they see through your soul. <laughs> no. No, because they like look at you and if they think you're like threatening them, they hiss and they get
1: big and then they chase you. You're like,
4: yeah "I didn't ask for this."
1: So my segment it's interesting that both of us kind of went into space for, for our segment. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about moon dust,
3: oh. getting dirty mm. on
1: the moon. Sounds like Ooh. something from the 70s. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Moon dust, uh, or, you know, I guess the formal name is lunar soil. So what does it feel like? Mm. What do you think moon dust feels like?
4: we uh we took my our our daughter who's four to uh to the chabot like you know space and science museum and they had a little bin of what they described as simulated moon (laughs) dirt okay and uh, i i (laughs) yeah i was very curious and you know it felt almost like um like like magic sand kind of like almost like not like Play-Doh, but it had like a really viscous quality to it. Like you could kind of like sculpt it and mold it. It was really not at all what I expected. If <laughs> it's anywhere close to what actual moon dust is like, it was, it was, it was not what I expected.
1: So Chris mentioned that on earth, we have lunar soil. Mm-hmm. We have that it, it's somewhere in NASA. We actually have a lot of it. So it's not like in little piles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of lunar uh, dirt that people have brought back it has some super super strange qualities you know what what is lunar dirt it's formed when meteoroids crash on moon's surface heating pulverizing rocks uh there is no water on moon and so it's very dry but there's also no wind or water movement there's no movement to tumble the moon dust mm so it's almost like as if they're they've never been disturbed so the particle the most signature characteristic of moon dust the edges are really really jagged on a very small scale Uh, and annoyingly they cling to everything because it's so it's almost like a like a uh, mini burr or a mini like velcro uh, because it's so rough astronauts Describe it as invasive. It is so <laughs> annoying and it's so clingy. It's the glitter of the sky. It is, like, the, okay. it is the glitter of space. <laughs> yeah. It clings to spacesuits. It can eat away layers of moon boots as they're walking on the wow. moon. Imagine when it comes into contact with humans
3: mm. or
1: into humans. So famously, Jack Schmidt, who is an Apollo 17 astronaut, he actually had a reaction. He mm-hmm. took, you know, he, on, on the space shuttle, he took off his helmet after, you know, a stroll on the moon. And he started having, like, allergies. His throat was, like, kind of congested. Yeah. His eyes were itchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I guess people didn't really think about Because no, they're, like, they're no creatures. Yeah. yeah. So we must be safe. Yeah. So astronauts also have smelled and tasted Moon dust oh.
4: <laughs> the human—the human impulse to taste something new. I, I, I know. New. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Guys,
1: don't put this in your mouth. And <laughs> well, what does it taste like? What does it smell like? Is it just putting sand in your mouth? You're like, but here <laughs> Yeah, pointy. Right, to get cut up your right. tongue. It smells like and it tastes like gunpowder. Huh. Why
3: did you put that
1: in your mouth? Moon dust and gunpowder—they don't share any similar chemical makeup or properties. So Uh it has been a long mystery for NASA as to why when astronauts in their space shuttle smell moon dust, they smell gunpowder. It's as if someone fired a gun. And on Earth, it doesn't smell like anything. Oh, really? Yeah. It only only smells like that in space or within the space shuttle when they're kind of freshly stepped off the moon. But, like, when they bring it back, it doesn't smell like anything.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: so they have a couple of theories. It could be oxidation, the smell dissipates.
3: They Mm. weren't vacuum sealing the dust to come back. Like, they they just opened it in the space shuttle. Like, it gets everywhere glitter, and then they, like, (laughs) eat it.
1: You're like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? So, (laughs) obviously, they did put in the effort of transporting the dust back. I said earlier, this stuff is so abrasive. They broke the vacuum seal because oh. this stuff is so rough that it's not a true vacuum. Huh, it's crazy. Mm. For every mission, every mission that they brought back, there's always a problem with like really okay. containing the moon dust. So, it could be because of that that like the moisture of our planet and also oxidation kind of just like neutralized or got rid of the odor some theorize Mm. it might be solar winds too many weird mysteries around this stuff
4: i want to see yeah what other things smell different you know in space versus on earth
1: so currently no one knows we we literally don't know why it smells like gunpowder
4: i picture that you know just a dude with a shovel you know in like the early moon missions maybe i don't know maybe technology is helping us here
2: I think they figured it out by now, yeah. So, yes, a
1: NASA mystery. Also, smelling moon dust is very dangerous because it, it will rip your, rip rip your, your insides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Don't do it. So don't do it. Don't play with it. Don't touch it. it. Don't
4: eat, eat it.
2: it. The simulated moon dust at the Children's Science Museum. Yeah,
4: yeah, probably so. But I
2: would just stop there
4: yeah but you definitely i look i I would feel safer eating real moon dust than the moon dust from the children's science center (laughs) bin
2: oh
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. ew
2: wow, moon dust smells a lot like boogers. <laughs> <laughs> you're in. <laughs> it's,
3: it's very sticky.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so you're like, it's viscous. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. If, oh, that's, that's grape soda, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So listeners, last week, I presented you a challenge, a Wordle challenge. I'm trying to, my attempt to make a Wordle-based puzzle, uh, but in audio format. And I have the same challenge for you for a different word this week. What this is, is pretend that there is a person who's playing Wordle and all you see is their screen and you see that they've attempted to guess at the, the Wordle secret word. Uh, five times and you have their list of words. And so can you use this information and work backwards to figure out what the correct answer is? Now, this person is a pretty casual wordle player, meaning they're not going to bank or bench letters. They will never repeat wrong letters. Um, If they get a letter right, they will always use it in their next guess. If they get the letter right and in the right place, they will always keep that letter there. So I think a lot of you guys had fun uh, last week solving this puzzle. I have another one for you. I'm going to give you five words in order. Here we go. Word number one, night, N-I-G-H-T. Second word is 40, F-O-R-T-Y. The third word is stump, S-T-U-M-P, stump. Number four, acted. A C T E D. And the last word is tweak. T W E A K. So a little bit of a solving aid. For example, the first two words are night and 40. With these two guesses, you probably can figure out that this person probably had T right, but in the wrong position yeah. in night um, because they repeated T and the second guess in 40. But with T's in a different position now, it's in the fourth position. So, is the kind of the logic that you might need to backwards solve this?
3: Yeah. They're really hunting for that T's.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. They're, they're they're shopping around. Yeah. They're like, is it here? Is it here? Is it here? <laughs> yeah. If you figured out the word, you can head over to our website, GoodJobBrain.com, and you'll see a, a wordle puzzle section, and you can put your answer there. Good luck, and that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Uh, As you can tell, my my voice is starting to to, to (laughs) go away. That means we had a good time. Yeah, well spent. (laughs) We had (laughs) a good time. Hope you guys learned a lot of stuff about Mars dirt and moon dirt, cleaning products to fix your dirty problems and dirty movies. Dirty titled. Movies. (laughs) Movies. <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like Food with Mark Bittman, Infamous America, Subtext, and Food with Mark Bittman. And we'll see you guys next
0: week. Bye. Bye. Bye.